0: Happy Wednesday night to you. Awesome night here at church. Anybody enjoying the awesome weather? Woohoo! I keep on saying that every time it goes up another 10 degrees. And so today it was 60, so I'm wearing my golf shirt. Um, my, actually, my wife dressed me this way, but I was like looking at that, and I'm like, are you serious, like, Lindsay? And I didn't have time to go and change, so I look like I went golfing today, but I didn't. Um, anyway, if you're a guest here tonight, we just want to welcome you here to Calvary Gospel Church if, you, uh, if this is your first time. Uh, we'd like for you to stop by the Welcome Center that you probably passed on your way into the sanctuary. And if you're visiting for the first time online, you can do the same thing by going to that bit.ly link forward slash connect to CG at the bottom of your screen. Um, it's very simple. We just have a couple points of information we'd like to share with you. And, uh, and also, we have a small gift to give you. And uh, we just are so glad you're here worshiping with us here tonight. We also would like to remind you of some giving options that you can uh, utilize here at Calvary Gospel Church. You can always give online at cgcmadison.org. You can give in person by placing your offering in the box that are mounted to the walls on the way into the sanctuary that you will see. There's some little envelopes you can use there. You can always give by mail. Um, if you'd like to mail in a check, you can just mail that to 5301 Commercial Avenue. Or you can give on the mobile giving app, uh, which is always available to give anytime, 24-7. And so we're just thankful for everyone who supports Calvary Gospel Church and the mission that we have to reach this uh, Dane County area. Amen. God, We're so thankful for all of you that are supporting that mission financially and also for the work that you do Uh, in your individual ministries. Speaking of that, this Sunday, February 25th, um, we want to remind you about the Connection Fair. And so there's a very special uh, thing that's happening. It's going to happen about 1130. If you weren't here last year, um, it was called a Connection Fair. This year it's called an Opportunity Fair. Um, And so at 1130, we'll be going into our fellowship hall. We'll have some food and fellowship Uh, We'll have hot dogs and hamburgers. There won't be any charge. And then all of our ministries and connection groups will be setting up booths uh, to showcase what they do here at Calvary Gospel Church. It's a great time for you to get involved. And if you haven't uh, gotten involved uh, yet, you can do that this weekend. It would be a great time to sign up with some of the people. Also, if if you are involved in a ministry, it would be really awesome to swing by and just see what new things might be happening. And uh, just to kind of support those that are doing uh, different connection groups and ministries, and so we're thankful for that. That's not going to change our our Sunday morning ten o'clock service, though. It'll be just the normal service. So our adults and kids, and including our elements classes, will all be meeting at ten a.m. And so this also includes our new cycle of elements classes. So you can still join that class to grow in your foundation with the Lord. I'm assuming. Uh, you can still do that, and the way that you would do that is if you have the app on your phone. It's very simple. You can just go here and go to next steps on the app on the very front front page, and it can, you can get signed up with Elements classes at that point in time, and, be, and start your start your walk with God on a, on a, a better foundation. And so that's what Elements is all about. Um, so we're thankful for our Elements classes. Um, We also want to remind everybody that this Saturday, there's ladies bowling from uh, 12 to 2, and so this is happening at Boulevard, not very far from here on the east side, and so if you're one of the ladies who would like to go and join in with uh, others bowling, it's 12 to 2 this Saturday. All right, at this time, I'd like Pastor Roy to come. Praise the Lord, church, it's so great to be here this
1: evening, and uh, I want to have a few prayer requests that I want to cover tonight. Sister Nancy Gomez, her brother, um, Lee Foster, is having knee surgery in the morning. And uh, we want to pray that that is a quick healing and a success. And uh, we also have, I uh, just want to congratulate, I guess, Tim and Kim Hoover. This is two year, your two-year anniversary today. Congratulations. But uh, on a sadder note, Brother Tim's father passed away this past week, and his funeral will be this Friday, and uh, they're going to be traveling to that, so we're just going to ask some men to just gather around Brother Tim, if we could all stand, and just some of you guys gather around him, then also Brother Larry Conley, many of you uh, may have known his mother, Sister Ann Conley, but she passed away uh, last night, and I'd just like for some of you brothers to come down and. Gather around Brother Larry and uh I believe they're gonna have a a, uh, a a burial this week, but the memorial service is gonna be put off a few weeks or maybe even a month or so. They're gonna their family's kind of scattered all over the country, so they're just wait excuse me, waiting to take and, and get everyone together and, and such. So we'll let you know those details uh as they unfold. But let's pray this evening. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, God, for your many, many blessings. We thank you, Lord, for, for the lives of Brother Tim's father and also Sister Ann, Brother Larry's mother. We ask you, God, that you would touch Brother Tim and their family at this time. Brother Tim is going to be speaking in his father's funeral in honor of his father, and it's a very challenging difficult thing to do. And I pray, God, that your hand would be upon my brother, Lord, as he gives honor and tribute to his father. We also pray, Lord, for our brother Larry, that your hand would be upon brother Larry, his sisters, Lord, as they deal and struggle with the passing of their mother. I pray, God, that your hand would be upon them, be with them, Lord, as they make all of the difficult decisions that have to be made within the next few days. We also pray, Lord, for sister Nancy Gomez's brother, Brother Lee Foster, I pray, God, that your hand would be upon him, Lord, as he goes through this knee surgery. I pray, Lord, for this service. I pray, God, for our worship time, that your hand would be upon us. Pray for the word as it goes forth, our life class that's taking place tonight to review class, Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon us, in Jesus' name, amen. You're welcome to come down to the front if you'd like to worship, our worship team has a Gonna lead us into worship. God bless you.
2: Tonight we're gonna sing some worship songs. And I just want sometimes, you know, I've been to a lot of services where there's been a lot of healings and with special speakers and people always wonder, how come this always happens when this speaker comes? Why is everybody getting healed? And that's because they had an expectancy in their heart. They came expecting to receive something. And right now, I'm gonna set the bar high. I'm gonna come down here and I want you to come step out of your seat. I want you to expect something great to happen. If you need a healing, raise your hand. If you need more money, a better job, I want you to step down here in faith and just to claim your miracle if you need deliverance if you have a drug problem i want you just to lift up your hands and receive your healing tonight if you need deliverance start calling out the name of jesus because there is healing and there is power in the name of jesus let's worship him tonight hallelujah hallelujah
3: jesus Lift up your voice and sing for joy. Have your hands, make a joyful noise. Blow the trumpet and shout. Praise for the victory. The weapons we use are not bombs and guns. Worship is the way that the battle is won. This is the way that we fight. Praise for the victory. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and sing for joy a joyful no noise blow the trumpet and shout praise and bold the victory Whoever weapons we use are not bombs and guns worship is the way that the battle is won this is the way that we fight praise and bold the victory every knee shall bow every tongue confess Christ is love forever, every knee, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess, Jesus Christ is love. Shout bow, every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Forever. Lift up your voice, lift up your voice and sing for joy. Clap your hands, make a joyful noise. Let the jump and shout, praise Him for the victory. we weapons to use and bombs and guns. Worship Battle is rough but I'm not too I gotta praise and I gotta let it out And I won't turn back
2: kings of the lord of lords in this house hallelujah we worship you jesus we're going to give you one more time we're going to sing this one more time and if there's somebody that has doubt in their mind i want you to come out here i believe i feel the holy ghost up here and i believe that god can touch any situation whatever it is He's a healer, and I want you to test him tonight. Just walk down to the front and receive the healing that he has for you. Hallelujah. One more time. Let's go. Oh. Oh.
3: Lift up your voice and seek for joy joyful noise blow the trumpet and shout praise, praise them for them. the victory weapons we use are not bombs and guns worship is the way that the battle is won, this is the way that we fight praise him for the victory lift up your voice and sing for joy, clap your hands make a joyful noise blow the trumpet and out praise and bold the the victory victory. the weapons we use are not bombs and guns worship is is the way that the battle is won this is the way that we fight praise and for the victory hallelujah jesus we We worship you jesus
2: hallelujah jesus hallelujah jesus we worship you we magnify you jesus we worship you you're the king of glory let's lift our hands hallelujah jesus you are great and mighty lord there's nothing that you can't do jesus we worship you jesus we praise you jesus hallelujah let's just take a moment hallelujah you are great and mighty jesus Hallelujah. Do you feel his presence just usher in this place right now? He's healing somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's touching somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, now great is our God. Sing with me, how great is is our God. God. Let's just begin to thank him for what he's done. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. How great
3: is our God. God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our
2: you, Jesus. Hallelujah,
1: Jesus. Praise the Lord again, church. Such a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost in this place this evening. Just remember this next few days to pray for these families that have lost loved ones God is so good. God is so good. You can be seated this evening. We have our opportunity fair coming up on Sunday. I'm excited about that. I'm excited what God is doing in all of our ministries. We had a a marriage seminar here, a little bit different than any marriage seminar that we've had over the years. This was kind of a three-day event. And uh, for those couples that went, I'm... So very thankful that you're interested in taking time to work on your marriage just because you went doesn't mean you have problems, but you just want to better your marriage and uh it was a uh, all the back or the feed' I'm trying to think of the right word <laughs> all of the uh everyone that went enjoyed. <laughs> We'll get it out. We'll get there. But uh, I'm so very thankful the Solbergs there in our church plant in Waterloo did a tremendous job hosting this event. And uh, Brother Rick and Sister Nicole and their family, thank you so very much. I want to talk here tonight and I'm going to cover just a little bit of this on Sunday morning and then we'll continue or finish it the following week, but uh, I want to talk about opportunities. We've been talking about this, but I want to just take and kind of just shift a little bit. I want to talk about opportunities are often hidden in the little things, the little things, hidden in the little things. Now, I I don't know why it is, but for as long as I can remember, Americans, we have been cultivated into a fascination of big we like everything big uh a number of years ago we had uh uh, some foreign exchange students that came here and attended our christian school and my wife and i took in a, a young man from korea south korea and a young man from thailand and recently a few weeks ago we were down in texas and uh we took them to a Whataburger hamburger stand. I don't know if any of you have ever had a Whataburger, but there's no burger like a Whataburger. And uh, if, if you're not familiar with that and you ever get south, uh, indulge yourself. Uh, you better like mustard, but nevertheless, we took them, and they wanted the large Coke And uh, one of them wanted a large Coke, one of them wanted a large strawberry shake. And Whataburger is noted for big sizes of everything, and they brought out their large Coke and their large shake, and literally it was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 42 to maybe 54 ounces. It was the biggest cup I've ever seen, and the bottom was neck down to fit in a cup holder, And they were amazed at the size of the large Coke at Whataburger. Now, we look at this, and I don't know what it is. Being from Texas, they they say this, that everything is bigger in Texas. And they kind of brag about that. And uh, I believe that they're correct. Um, They have more trash on the sides of the roads than any state I've ever been in. I've seen more old washing machines, more old dishwashers and mattresses thrown out aside the road than any other place I've ever been. But anyway, if everything's bigger and better in Texas, then I guess litter is bigger and better. Not quite for sure on how I feel about that, I guess, as far as bragging about it. But we have this biggest, we we, we look in small town America, there's, uh, small towns, I've, I've driven into a lot of small towns and, and uh, on vacations, and occasionally you'll run into the, the biggest small town in America sign. They want to advertise that they're the biggest of the small. Not for sure where big and little, where they figure that out. We were in our staff meeting this past week, and my brother John was his turn for devotion, and he spoke about the little things. Talked about how Columbus, Wisconsin, last year, I believe it was, won a very prestigious national award. And it's a little town, but it's their big claim to fame. Anybody want to guess what Columbus, Wisconsin's Sister Carla? The best tasting drinking water in North America was won by Columbus, Wisconsin last year. That's their, their accomplishment. So, I, I believe that there are times when large size makes something greater or a possible greater in accomplishments. But I also believe that we misunderstand the value of size. And we say that size is the only value, or when we say that size is the only value, therefore, tonight I would like to focus on the importance of those little things. <laughs> because much of the world and much of life we know is not filled up with big and bad and the best. Most of life that we know and we live is a lot of little things. There's a song that says little things mean a lot, and I guess if you listen to the whole words or the whole lyrics to the song they they certainly do so the big things in life can have an impact us on us and we can be sure of that but when we stop and we think about it it's those little things that sometimes we just overlook or we ignore that kind of build up and build up and build up you ever have a car that maybe an electric window quit working on you you know you just just out of the blue it's got to be the driver's window because you use it all the time. And then you go to maybe open up the trunk, and the trunk latch doesn't open anymore, or a hubcap fell off, and your exhaust started to leak, and your windshield wiper fluid or your, your, your windshield wipers don't work. And it's all these just little things. And after a while, you think, you know, maybe I should just think about getting another car. So we trade in a car because of all the little things. And we get that new car and we're so happy and we find out that it's got its own list of little things. And Jesus understood that. The little things. Zacchaeus and the sycamore tree. A little thing. A guy in a tree. (laughs) little guy in a tree. The lady that Just had to fight her way through the crowd. Nobody could even see her. She fights her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. Such a little thing. Such a little thing. So he stressed the importance of the little things by suggesting that if we're faithful in the little things, we'll be faithful in much. But if we're dishonest (laughs) in the little things, that's why if someone says, well, this is just really a little white lie, there's no such thing as a white lie. A lie is a lie. And if it's a little lie, then that means they probably don't have much problem telling a big lie. So if we're dishonest in little things, chances are we will be dishonest in much So let's dive into our lesson tonight. Here's a number of life principles. It's what I like to, to call the Word of God. The Word of God is full of life principles, things that we can apply, principles we can apply to our lives to make our lives more fruitful. So these are for us to study. You can take these down, write these down, study, take these home, Pray about them, read, and activate them into your daily life. First thing I want to cover tonight is expect previously unknown opportunities even in adversity. Expect previously unknown opportunities even in adversity. The best way to experience Previously unknown opportunities is to begin or gain or create a mindset to expect them. That fits so much into what Sister Lindsay was saying in the beginning of our worship service. We have not because we ask not. but A lot of times we have not because we ask not because we expect not. We don't expect the healing to happen on a Wednesday night. During worship service, we don't expect some of these. So I've discovered in my life that when I expect to find unknown opportunities or doors to open, they will open regardless of the circumstances. There will be times in life when our reaction to adversity will determine the opportunities in which we receive I think one of the best examples that we can find in Scripture is when we look into the Old Testament in the book of Genesis and we read the story about Jacob. Jacob worked for his father-in-law, Laban, who was a crooked and conniving and took advantage of anyone he could type of an individual. But see, even in the midst of the conniving work environment that Jacob was in, understand, Jacob to this up to this point, his name meant surplanter. It, it, it meant he he was he was a a conniver as well. It's like Jacob met his match. But in this process of Jacob being uh, working for his father-in-law Laban, God began to do some things in his life. Jacob didn't become who he was prior to working for Laban. He didn't become necessarily who he was in, in, in his fullness after. He became who he was during the time that he was being taken advantage of, ripped off, (laughs) all of these things going on. But even in the midst of the conniving, manipulating work environment, Jacob never seemed to waver from his purpose. He expected God to take care of him. God had promised he would take care of him, and God did. Jacob continued to do the right and honorable thing, even though it went against his personality. It went against His name, Jacob stayed strong in his faith and his obedience to God and quite a change from his previous ways of life. If you want unknown opportunities to come your way, you must stay faithful. Hear me on this? This is so... Such a powerful, simple principle. If you want unknown opportunities to come your way, you must stay faithful even in seemingly unbearable circumstances. I can tell you this, church, over the years I have been manipulated and put in circumstances and situations I didn't want to be in, and I didn't always stay faithful. But in the end, God was good, God honored. Jacob persevered, and God honored him with his favor. And with his favor came a blessing. And that blessing was wealth. Genesis 31, 6 through 9 says, And you know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father hath deceived me. And changed my wages 10 times. Ever worked for someone that changed your wages, changed your work environment, changed your overtime? But God suffered him not to hurt me. If he said, thus the speckle shall be my wages, speaking of cattle. So what happened was, was Laban says, you know, Jacob, all the speckled cattle, cattle born with spots, they're gonna be your cattle. So what did God do? <laughs> Every cow that was born was Jacob's. Laban got frustrated by this. This is Jacob talking about his frustrations. So Laban changed the name of the rules of the game and said, you know what? All the ring-staked cows shall be yours I'm going to take all the speckled ones from now on. So what did God do? God just seemingly changed the genetics of the herd. (laughs) And every cow born was Jacob's cow. You see, God hath taken away the cattle of your father and hath given them to me because of his faithfulness. God took the wealth of Laban. (laughs) God took the wealth of Laban and presented Jacob with an opportunity to go from nothing. He left his home fleeing from the wrath of his brother. He left with nothing. And God took that nothing because of his faithfulness and turned it into an opportunity for wealth. We read in Genesis 33.10 in the message. God reveals Jacob's godly attitude and his reward when he is confronted by his brother Esau. You can read the story in Genesis. He says, Jacob, please, if you can find in your heart to welcome me, or Jacob said, please, talking to Esau, if you can find in your heart to welcome me, accept these gifts. Last time I saw you, brother, you were seeking to kill me because I deceived you and I stole your inheritance. If you can find in your heart to welcome me, accept these gifts. When I saw your face, it was the face of God smiling on me. Accept the gifts I have brought for you. God has been good to me. You can see quite an attitude change when Jacob begins to apply principles to his life. God has been good to me, and I have more than enough. Jacob urged the gifts on him, and Esau accepted. Regardless of your circumstances where you are right here tonight, regardless of your circumstances of the moment, if you remain faithful, even in the midst of adversity, God will bring an opportunity your way. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. However, however, (laughs) we need to expect opportunity to come our way. Second point I want to get into tonight is, Tap into previously untapped potential. I'm going to just be totally, brutally transparent and honest here for the next few minutes. Not that I've been lying to you up to this point, but (laughs) I wasn't always the best student in high school. How many of you were like 4.0 and above here tonight? Josh, come on. (laughs) Spell Mississippi. (laughs) We'll get to honesty. That's somewhere down on our point list here. I wasn't the best student in high school. I, I... for years I just I literally I mean and I think so many of us we just saw ourselves as average. I wasn't super powerful or strong. I wasn't on a football team or 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 any of, any of the, the sports and as I and and I just saw myself as, as I'm just I'm just average. But as I grew older and uh, my life began to shift and I began to change and when I got into the word of God and I committed my life to him, it took me a while to get there, but I got there, God began to bring out abilities and attitudes in me, which I never really, I knew they were there, but I just never really knew how to, to get out of, to express it, to be what God had called me to be. I never knew how to maximize my potential. We can look in the Old Testament and we can read in the book of Judges, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. (laughs) Anybody know who we're talking about here? Come on, say it out. Gideon talking about Gideon you see Gideon never saw his potential until an angel of the Lord came and appeared to him and called him a mighty man of valor you see God saw something in Gideon that Gideon could not and never saw in himself And God looks at each and every one of us. We've talked a lot about this over the last year, last year and a half, too, about fulfilling our purpose. And God looks at every last one of us and said there is so much more inside of you if you would just allow yourself to release it. And God is waiting for his church, waiting for his bride to be the beautiful, powerful bride that he created it to be. You believe that? So God saw something in Gideon and God sees something in you here tonight. You may say, but pastor, you don't even know me. No, I don't know you and you don't really know me. You don't know how I think. You don't know what I think. You don't know what I'm thinking right now, and I don't know what you're thinking right now. But you see, God saw something that Gideon didn't even see in himself. Why is that? Because Gideon had a poor self-image. He had a problem. He didn't see himself as God saw him. We read in Judges 6.15, in the message, Gideon said to him, Me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? (laughs) Look at me, God. Look at me. My clan, my family, we're the weakest family in the neighborhood. We got the most problems. We're the weakest family. We're the poorest family. We got nothing, God. Look at me. Look at me personally, God. Look at all my brothers. They're like tower over me. I'm the runt of the litter. But you see, as Gideon, as God began to work on Gideon, Gideon's self-esteem began to rise when God began to prove himself over and over and over to Gideon. So as Gideon became faithful to God's direction, he was able to tap into that inner potential that he never knew was within him until God showed up. And church, God is wanting to show up in your life tonight. After 40 years on the backside of the desert, Moses fled Egypt because he murdered an Egyptian and then covered it up. Flees for his life. 40 years on the backside of the desert in the land of Midian when God told him that he was going to be the deliverer of his people, what did he begin to do? He immediately began to question God. (laughs) Has God ever called you to do something? And immediately you begin to question God on what he's called you to do. Has God ever opened up an opportunity for you And immediately, you begin to question that opportunity. Today, I had a dentist appointment. We've had a problem. Our dentist, we went to a new dentist's office, and we really liked it. And then they sold out, and the next dentist, we liked them, and then they closed, and closed the office and it's like okay now where do we go type thing so it's like i want to stay local so we went to a new dentist there in cottage grove just a small dental office never been there before didn't know anybody got to start all over with you know that getting comfortable with laying down and having sunglasses on and your mouth stretched wide open somebody with their hands in your mouth trying to talk to you and have a conversation with you, and you can't say nothing back. Isn't that the most awkward thing? So how are you today? Uh, Doing all right? Uh, Okay, all right. It's just just awkward. But here in this conversation, we started talking, and it started off. It was kind of a, a meet and greet. Never had that before with a dental office. And for the first fifteen minutes, it was just tell me a little bit about yourself, and and uh, so I just kind of told them a little bit about myself and didn't get into a whole lot of detail. And they started talking about their life and who they were and all this and that and the other. And I noticed in one little statement that I picked up on, and I thought, I think this person has a faith in God, but I'm not for sure. So I listened, and I began to steer the conversation. You see, you can do that, and people don't really always know. So I began to steer the conversation, and sure enough, within five minutes, we were talking about church, we were talking about our pastors, we were talking about Wisconsin district camp, we were talking about junior camp, youth camp, family camp. We were talking about all kinds of things at church, worship service, all of this. We were all talking about all because I took an opportunity. God told Moses he was going to be the deliverer of his people and he questioned his own abilities because he had become disheartened over the opportunities of his past. He grew up in Pharaoh's palace. He knew what it was like to live the high life. He knew what it was like to live in power and esteem. And here he is on the backside of Midian working for his father-in-law, taking care of his sheep. And it seemed like his opportunities of his past were gone forever. I just want to encourage us in those little things when we're talking with people, whether it's at the grocery store, the laundromat, quick trip, the dentist's office, the doctor's office, whatever it is, have faith in your ability and have faith and trust in God that conversations can be steered <laughs> to give you an opportunity to be a witness. You see, we read in Exodus 4.10 in the NLT, New Living Translation, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He says, Oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. Yeah, when I got somebody working in my mouth, digging and scratching on my teeth, and one false move with my tongue could have something pierce into it, I'm not very good with words either. But you know, I've learned that every now and then they ask you to spit or suck up that and they ask you how you're doing and I was able to take and fit in. I've never been, Moses says, I've never been good and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, even though you have talked to me, you've given me specific instructions, God, I get my tongue tied and I get my words tangled. You see, when it comes to your potential for success or leadership, don't look at your abilities rather than what God can do through you as a yielded vessel. Every example that we've brought forth tonight, from Joseph to Gideon to Moses, we all men that had problems with self-esteem, they had problems with the little things, they had problems with the big things. They just had, they were just problematic. But God was able to work through them because they yielded themselves to Him. When the Lord asked Moses, "Who makes a person's mouth?" Who decides whether people speak or not to speak? To hear or not to hear? To see or not to see? Is it not I? <laughs> Listen, Moses, I don't care how well you speak. I don't care how bad you speak. Because when you go up to Pharaoh and you speak, Pharaoh's going to hear exactly what I want him to hear, regardless of how you say it. <laughs> So when you follow God's direction, you're able to tap into a potential that you never knew you had, like Gideon, or claim a potential for success you have, may have thought died in the desert of your dreams like Moses. God sees a greater potential in you than you have ever seen in yourself. I want to cover one more point here, and this is a very important point. Next, we need to develop a reputation as a problem solver. Understand something. Your ability to solve problems will open greater doors of opportunity for you than you have ever, ever imagined. We can go into another Old Testament story. We can go into the book of Daniel, into the life of Daniel. We just had a lesson on him in God's word for life a few weeks or so ago, and Daniel is a great example, a phenomenal example of a problem solver whose reputation not only preceded him but put him in the position for promotion and for wealth all while he was in slavery. (laughs) that's hard for us to imagine. The whole book of Daniel was taking place while Daniel was enslaved by the Babylonians. Wrap your mind around that. The guy was a slave. Daniel 2, 46 and 47, and the message says, when Daniel finished, King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face in awe, before Daniel. <laughs> Do you realize the significance of that? Here you have a king that declared himself the God of all gods and the whole nation, the whole empire was to worship him. And here he humbles himself, which was a problem he had. It was humility. He humbles himself and fell on his face in awe before Daniel. And he ordered the offering of sacrifices and burning of incense to be in Daniel's honor. He said, Daniel, your God is beyond question, the God of all gods. He's the master of all kings, and he solves all mysteries. And how do I know this, Daniel? Because you've solved this mystery. And Daniel's ability to solve problems promoted the king to offer Daniel some pretty lucrative rewards. I don't know if you knew this, but Daniel could visit Nebuchadnezzar's personal tailor and be fitted with his own clothing made by the king's tailors. He didn't have to go down into the cheap part of Babylon and buy his robes. He could go to the king's tailor and have custom-made robes just for him. That's like your boss saying, "You know what? I have an account. I get all my suits from is it Armani? Is that how you say that? Armani suits. It's supposed to be. Is that? Am I saying that right?" supposed to be like a really high dollar, thousands and thousands. That's like your boss saying, "You know what? I get all of my suits tailor-made in New York City by Imani. I, I, I'm going to fly you to New York, and you can just you pick out what you want. That's a pretty sweet deal. Daniel has offered some serious, serious bling, if we want to call it that. Not gold-plated jewelry that you would find at a store in the mall. But the king himself had his own jeweler that made his gold from the treasury of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar says, because of your abilities, I'm going to allow you to sport any kind of gold you want to sport, Daniel. And it's all at my expense. And Daniel was offered a position of honor far above anyone else in the kingdom we listen to paul's words as he writes to young timothy in 1 timothy 5 17 and 18 again in the message and it says give a bonus to leaders who do a good job especially the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching scripture tells us don't muzzle a working ox and a worker deserves his pay I believe we call that going the extra mile. God rewards those who do it. Here's a keeper quote for you to write down. Initiative is doing the right thing without being told to do it. Way too many workers in today's market do just enough to get by. Just enough to draw a check, and that's why promotions never seem to manifest itself into your, or onto your paychecks. It's not for everybody, but listen, sometimes we have to be proactive. And when I mean proactive, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with showing up for work 15 minutes early. Nothing wrong with staying 15 minutes late. I remember one of the last years I had on the job from March 1st until September 1st. I had 400 hours of overtime. Figure that out. How many times you check in early and how many times you check out late. But you see, God honors that. You don't have to wait for your boss to ask or your opinion, or your assistance. And I know that I value the employees who bring me ideas. I talk to our staff, and I said, you know, we have to solve problems. That's what we're here for. Don't just bring me a bunch of problems without some sort of a solution. You have a problem in the company you work for? Be a valuable employee. Bring a solution to the table. Don't just show up and bellyache about it. That's just free doesn't cost you anything. You may not get a raise today for it. You may not get a raise tomorrow for it, but you just keep proving yourself that you're of value to your company, and God will bless you. God has ways of blessing you above and beyond your boss's paycheck. So we read in Romans twelve six through 8, the message, if you preach, just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get too bossy. You can be you have to be careful sometimes when the boss asks for your opinion. I've had I've 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 asked people for their opinion before and boy, I'm here to tell you when I got done, I was like I will never ask them again. So we have to be careful. There has to be a balance in all of this, folks. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate people. Do you like to be manipulated? I've seen so many people that worked, I would say, at ground level in their companies, and as they get, they hate it when people, when their bosses manipulate them, and then they become a boss, and the first thing they want to do is start manipulating people. If you're called to give quick aid or give aid to people in distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let them, your, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. Find the problem closest to you and solve it. You know, so many problems that we have in our, our families and our finances and our marriages, if we just wrote them down and we committed together as a couple and as a family to solve them, we could fix them rather quickly. Find the problem closest to you and solve it. One more bonus to this principle is when you become a problem solver, you're able to bless your friends. Have you ever had a friend that's been a blessing to you? I've had a number of friends, a number of you in this place tonight have been great blessing to my wife and I over the years. We read Daniel 2, 49 in the message. Then the king promoted Daniel to a high position in the kingdom, lavished him with gifts, and made him governor over the entire providence of Babylon and the chief in charge of all the Babylonian wise men. And at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember them three? to administrative posts throughout Babylon while Daniel governed from the royal headquarters. You see, Daniel was not only able to increase his income. This isn't all about income, but Daniel was able to increase his income. All of this while he was a Babylonian, a Hebrew slave in Babylon. And he was able to do the same for his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's stand. As we close this out, as our musicians can come, our worship team, if you want to increase your life, if you want things to be different in your life, the number one thing you need to change in your life is not your job. You can come on up, Sister Lindsay. It's not your circumstances. So many times we think, well, if I just had a different job. Oh, if I just had a different circumstances. I've heard guys say this, oh, if I just had a different wife. And she's probably thinking, oh, if I just had a different husband. Listen, you've got to Be careful. When you start criticizing your spouse because you're the one that chose them, it's not even your environment. it's not relationships and it's not income. You know what the number one way, the number one thing you need to change in your life it's your attitude <laughs> It's your attitude. Bishop has taught us this over the years. Your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude can be either good or bad. That's why I want to be very specific as we close this out tonight. Understand that our attitudes are determined by a collection of the dominant thoughts in our minds. That's what, that's what determines what attitude. Our attitudes, and we have to have the same attitude that Jesus had. So, before you do anything, <laughs> we need to start to think like Jesus thought. We had that goal, that fad, that kind of went through. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? How would Jesus think? What would Jesus think of? He saw me yelling at my neighbor because their kid tipped over my trash can. What would Jesus think if I lost my cool driving down the Beltline? <laughs> For some of us, that might be a daily thing. I've just found out on the Beltline. listen, I'll drive it early in the morning or late at night. <laughs> I want to lose my attitude to drive it at 7.30 to 8 or drive it at 4.30 to 5.00. Some things you just avoid. (laughs) I'll work long listen, I've stayed at places for another hour because I didn't want to fight that attitude. Before you do anything, what would he think? What would he think? So is our challenge tonight. Our challenge is this next week. Our attitudes. Do I, have, do I have a good attitude? Do I have a, a godly attitude? Do I have a Jesus attitude? <laughs> now remember, attitudes determined by a collection of thoughts in our minds. So how's my mind thinking? What's my mind thinking? How do I process things? So as our worship team begins to sing tonight, this... I just want us to just ask God, Lord, could you check my attitude? Because what, what we think, understand this, I talk with my hands. You probably figured that out by now. What we think becomes actions. That's what happens, doesn't it? That's why we get in disputes with people. That's why we argue with people. (laughs) So let's just take some time as we close out this service tonight. How's my attitude? How's my thinking? Lord, is my thinking please you? Is my thinking something you can use?
3: Or is it something
1: that's prohibiting me
3: from stepping
1: into the potential and the abilities that you've given me? God bless you.
3: Oh, we live for you. Sing worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing.
1: Opportunities are hidden in the little things. Those little adjustments that we need to make in life. Our first point tonight, expect previously unknown opportunities even in adversity. And the next, we need to tap into previously untapped potential. There is so much here That is untapped. It's just mind boggling what God can and desires and wants to do through you. Through you. Next, we said we need to develop a reputation as a problem solver. I have a book at home, it's on the leadership secrets of Jesus written by Mike Murdoch. I've had it for a number of years, and I've given it to a number. I've probably given this book out more than I've given any other book out. And the number one leadership secret of Jesus listed in that book was Jesus was a problem solver. If you can learn to be a problem solver, listen. There's a lot to be released in that. And fourth, our attitude. Our attitude. Napoleon Hill, famous author, once said, what a man can conceive and believe, he can achieve. We have to have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. I'm excited about where God is taking us. I'm excited where God is taking some of you. Some of you are on an incredible, incredible journey. And God is going to do some awesome, incredible, powerful things because you're allowing Him to live through your life. But some of you are going to be stuck. And you may stay stuck for a long time because you haven't figured out how to let go and let God. I just want to challenge you. Listen, God has so much for each and every one of us. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You've got purpose. You've got purpose, Sister Victoria. It may not flow and end up how you expected it to, but you got purpose. God's not done. He's not anywhere close to being done. But see, we, don't, we have to trust him. We have to trust him. God bless you. Thank you so very much for coming out tonight. Thank you to our worship team. did a phenomenal job. Today. That was awesome. Remember to pray for Brother Hoover and Brother Larry. This next week, these few days are going to be difficult times for them. Just remember to pray for them. God bless you. Love you all. We'll see you back here Sunday morning. Sunday morning. God bless.